other adult service here today that you would help us, that you would guide us, that you would lead us, that you would help us to partake of your word. As Rudy prayed earlier, Father, we just ask that you would help us to be doers of the word, not hearers only. So we thank you for today for receiving the engrafted word in our hearts and our minds. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. The God kind of love, you know, really, I mean, we could just go home right here and say amen, right? We've had a pretty good service because when we remember what Christ did for us, when we remember what that blood that he shed for us, the beating that he took for us, that's a message in itself right there. Isn't that right? And uh, so we want to continue, though, praise the Lord, because we need encouragement. I need a little encouragement today. Amen. So uh, the God kind of love, the God kind of love is different than the man kind of love, right? The God kind of love uh, is the agape love. And when we talk about the God kind of love, we're talking about an unconditional love. Because how many of you know when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us? That's a symbol of love. That's, that's a picture of love. I used a story last week of uh, William and Catherine Booth, and I want to use uh, another short little example of something they did that represents the God kind of love. William and Catherine Booth, they were founders of the Salvation Army, and uh, they had a real heart for people, and they had a real heart for, uh, you know, the down and outers, and for the mistreated, uh, the people that were mistreated back in that day. And uh, back in that day, over in London, there was a match company over there that they were making matches, uh, you know, the kind you strike and that you, you, you know, you light a fire with. And um, they, um, the match company there was using yellow sulfur. And they, were, they, they had these um, employees there, and they would dip match in yellow sulfur 16 hours a day, all day long, yellow sulfur dipping in there. How many of you know any, had any experience with yellow sulfur at all? It's right next to hydrogen sulfide or something like that. You know, not quite that bad probably, but our, our chemists would know what that yellow sulfur is. It, it was a, just a bad smelling thing and just, you know, uh, it was hazardous to their health. And yet these young employees, kids as young as 12 and, and then adults as well, would spend 16 hours a day in that match factory making these matches. Well, William and Catherine Booth, they found out about that and they found out that people were getting sick about that and sick with that doing that and so William and Catherine Booth they started their own match factory and they treated people right and they changed the way that they made matches they used red sulfur then and uh, so the people would not have to deal with all the chemical reaction and then the bad things that happened with yellow sulfur and so they changed uh, the process in, in the way which they made matches and they treated the people right gave them breaks and they, they shortened their hours and treated them like human beings and so how many of you know that is also the love of God? Those things like that. I, I, I'm so proud of our mission team and those that help. We're showing the love of God to those around us and in and, uh, and, and other areas in the nation and, and all those involved with that. Praise God. That's good. Amen. So that's the God kind of love. That's the new, new heart that's flowing from the God kind of love. I'm also, uh, I am reminded today and can appreciate, like Donna said, the, the scene that we have back here. Uh, how many of you know Jesus' first miracle after he picked some of his disciples? Uh, you know, Nathaniel and some of his first disciples. How many of you know Jesus was such a wise person? He was a very wise person and he was a very wise teacher. And Jesus didn't do anything accidentally. He didn't do anything without purpose behind it. Jesus was a guy that was, in, he was training his disciples. 
And those disciples and Jesus, uh, the Bible says there in John chapter 2, they went to the wedding in Canaan. And uh, they were serving wine there, and, the, and, and, and they ran out of wine. This is a symbol of back here. And Jesus' mom told Jesus, he said, um, or told the, told the servants there, he said, just do whatever Jesus tells you to do, just do it. Jesus rebukes her a little bit and says, um, haven't you understood my time has not come yet? It's not quite time for me to, uh, you know, expose my ministry and, and, and get out here and start preaching and doing these things and miracles and signs and wonders taking place. But Jesus, in obedience to that, he went ahead and told the servants, he said, go get the jugs of water. Now, the water, the jugs here, they, they, they pertained... Um, Pure water, and everybody that went to that wedding washed their hands and feet in that water. And um, that was a sign of purification. That was a sign of uh, cleansing before you enter into uh, the wedding there. Well, how many of you know Jesus turned the water into wine? And he's, you know, and, and later on in scripture, he says, I will give you new wine. And Jesus was doing his first miracle there, and that water turned into wine. And then he talks about the new wine, talking about the new heart, the new spirit that's coming into the earth when the, when the, when the, when, when, when the new covenant comes into fruition, right? So he's saying, I, I go ahead and turn that water into wine. Well, the servants, they turn that water in, and you know, they serve all that wine out there. How many of you know that's symbolic? of the Holy Spirit and the shed blood of Jesus coming into our life. Because how many of you know it would be hard to live a Christian life? It would be hard to sustain a Christian life and live a Christian life without the assistance and the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Right? So that is also a symbolic picture of the Holy Spirit helping us and guiding us and leading us and directing us and being our assistant and our advocate and uh, the one that we can lean into when we face things. So that is very symbolic of that. Amen? So that's, that's kind of what that is. He turned that water into wine, and that is the cleansing agent that helps us. How do I know that? Romans chapter 5 in your Bibles. If you have your Bibles, you can turn, turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to look here in Romans chapter 5, and uh, that's page 1098 in your Bibles. You can do Bibles if you have them there in the front of you, page 1098. Now, I also want to go back to the prophecy that Ezekiel prophesied years before. Now, I thought about this verse, Ezekiel 36, 26 says this, and he prophesied this years before it happened. He said, a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart, and I will put you in a heart of flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh, he says. Now, I always kind of bugged me. I thought, well, how come back when Adam and Eve fell, why didn't he just do it then? Why didn't, why didn't God just, you know, have the crucifixion, resurrection, all that redemption take place then? Because then I just kind of figured out, I thought, I got to thinking about it. God is an eternal God. And he works on an eternal perspective. And when God gave man that command, he said, um, uh, you go and you dominate the earth. You control the earth and the earth's social, the uh, structure of the earth. You do that. I don't think he ever took his word back. I think he gave them the ability. Adam lived for 900 and some years. You know, there were several lived back then after Moses. Nobody lived over 120. But I think God meant what he said in the beginning. Don't you all? 
You have dominion. I give you dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and every living thing that creepeth. Go to the earth, multiply, and take care of the earth. So that's his deal. He wants the Christians in the earth doing things in the earth. And so I believe that he gave that command back then, and he stood on that command, and that Jesus did not come until he was, he, it was time for him to be there. Amen. But then he came, guess what Jesus restored? He restored that access from the Garden of Eden that was lost. He restored that back into our life. Because he says there in Ezekiel, a new heart. In other words, the communion table, that also represents access back to the Father. Now, I want to talk just a little bit about my, my, my growing up. You know, we, we always had this little guilt consciousness back then. <clears throat> and... Um, it was never we had access to the Father, and you know, and for us to really expect God to do something was just unheard of. It just you know kind of had a happenstance. And for me to raise my hands and for me to praise the Lord, I was I had a guilty conscience. I, I had done things that were uh, God. I knew God didn't approve of it, and for me to do that was unheard of. Why would I do that? Why would I? Why would why would a holy, uh, sanctified a uh, sinless God expect me and accept me into his kingdom. And, but I had to realize that it was nothing that I could do myself. All I could do was just enter into it by faith and accept and believe and accept the promises of God by faith. Amen? And once I got that revelation, Ephesians 2.8, I got that revelation. I also came here... To Romans 5. Let's pick this thing apart a little bit here. Now in Romans 5.1. It starts out with a therefore. And we're going to come back to that in a minute. He says there in Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 through 5. It says therefore since we are justified by faith. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have obtained access to this grace. In which we stand. We boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and that endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So when we look at the God kind of love, we can also look at this verse and it is past tense. Amen. It's past tense. It says that it has been poured into our hearts. It is shed abroad in our heart. What? The love of God. Amen. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So let's go back and, and see verse 5. one. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, has a word in front of it there. It says what? Therefore. Amen. So let's go see and why that's therefore. So jump up there. <clears throat> Chapter 4, verse 23. Now the words, it was reckoned to him, were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. Everybody say ours. ours. Also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead who was handed over to, the, to death for our trespasses and was raised for our justification. There's two words in there that speak to me. Can we pause this for a little bit? Don, I forgot all about you, brother. <laughs> Come on up. Come on. Stand up, Don. Let her rip. I forgot all about you. Sorry about that. 
He got a he got a he got a he got a funny for us here real quick. So <laughs> I forgot all about it, Don. All right, go ahead. Should have went ahead and then done at the end. All right, Remember go when ahead. When we so. were kids. We all want to go every place with our dad, right? Remember remember those days? I want to go with you, Dad. I want to go with you, Dad. I want to go to town. I want to go with you, Dad. And Dad, well, I got stuff to do today. But our Heavenly Father won't be that way. He'll say, come on with me, son. Come on with me, daughter. Okay? Now, now Cindy's got not here. She's going to... So, so it's up to you. <laughs> knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Dishes. Dishes who? Dishes Sean Connery. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Don, we get it on the way home. Amen. Tired, praise God. I mean, I'll enjoy a little funny now and then. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's get to back while we're here today. Love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Amen. The love of God is in our hearts. Now, there's two words that speak to me here in uh, Romans chapter 4. And the one there is reckoned or reconciled or accounted to, credited to. See that? See that word there, reckoned? That means it has been an accredited to. It has been accounted to. It is the, in other words, the counts are settled. Praise God. Amen. So that word reconciled, that word reckon, reconciled, that word is, is it, it, it means I've settled the account. And when we come to the communion table, guess what? God said, I've settled the account. He says that when the Holy Spirit comes in, he's placed him inside of us. Guess what? The temple of the veil, when Jesus, I'm not going to get into that yet, but I'm just going to say it real quick. Temple of the veil to rent, Holy Spirit would pour it out. That's all I'm going to say. Amen. I've got to save that for Easter, praise God. So you got to come back for that. Amen. So, but that was rent then, and we are reconciled to God. That means everyone that has received Christ as Savior has access to God. Right? Because in the very last verse, before we see that word in, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, therefore. Therefore what? The account's been settled, number one. The account has been settled. In other words, all of the love of God, everything that God is ever going to do about us loving each other, loving, uh, loving God, which is one of the things that we have in our deal there at Antelope Valley Church. We love God. We serve our community. Amen? Where does that come from? That comes out of a heart. For the Lord. That comes out of a want to for the love for God. Amen. Comes out of that. It works from that standpoint that God, uh, while we were yet sinners, reconciled us to himself. And we enter into that by faith. We receive those promises. We believe that by faith. Amen. Now there's another word there that speaks to me when he says there in the last word in chapter 4 is what? Justification. So he says, therefore, uh, listen, you are justified by Christ. You are justified by the action that he took. And the action that I do today, the actions that I take today, should just should operate from that standpoint of me being justified by, by Christ. See that? Because he said, therefore, now, now let's look on. Okay, so we know that we are reconciled to God. We are justified by God. So when we enter into this thing, the results of that justification is what? It is peace with God. 
In other words, there is no more hostility between me and God. Amen. Right? There's no more animosity between me and God. There's no more uh, that hostility, that, 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 that fear of God striking me with something. That, that's not there anymore. Because we have peace with God. Right? We have peace with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God our Father through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access. Everybody say obtained access. We have access to God the Father. We have access to God's throne. In Hebrews it says there, which we'll get into in a week or two, all right? We have access to God. We have access to the Father. We have access to God. We have access to his throne. And when we bring requests to him, guess what? He does not turn a deaf ear to that. He hears our request. He knows what we need. He knows we're on the earth and we're, we have a, a, a thing that we're working out for him and through him and by him. Okay? We have access to this grace in which we stand. And, now look at this, we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. There's the problem solver. <laughs> Amen? Now, you want to boast? Here's your boast verse. That's why I'm very boastful. That's why I'm very uh, vocal about the things of the Lord. Because he gives me a boast, um, come on in and do it, James. He says, you want to boast about something? Boast about the glory of God. Ooh. Oh, praise God. You want to boast about something? You boast about how good God is. You boast about what, what he's doing in your life. You boast about it. You talk about it. You think about it. You reconcile that with him and say, yep, it's all glory to God. Right. See, that gets self out of the way. <laughs> it's not me doing it. It's Christ living in me. And it's Christ living in you. Amen? Amen? He says, if you want to boast about something, Paul talking to the Romans, he said, you boast about how good God is. You boast about how good he is taking care of your problems. You boast about how good he is sustaining your life. You boast about how good he is to helping you endure. Let's look at some other things here we can boast about. He says, sharing in the glory of God. And not only that, not only that, not only that, but look, look. He says, boast in your sufferings. Why? Not because of the suffering. Amen? Not because of suffering. Not, not because of that. Don't boast because of that. Why? Our suffering produces endurance. Why would it suffering produce endurance? And how does suffering produce endurance? It produces endurance knowing that we have a promise of God in our hearts and that promise of God has sustained us right there. And we know that promise that we're standing on for the answer that we need from heaven is going to help us endure the thing that we're going through. That is good right there. Praise God. Amen. See, he says, don't, he says, knowing this, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and it helps us to, to understand that we're standing on God's promise, and we're seeing things in God's word. We're having a word from the Lord, and he's putting that thing in our hearts, and we can overcome any circumstance. So you can boast about that. Yeah, I'm going through this thing today. I'm going through a problem today. I'm having a problem today. I'm having this situation that's taking place in my life today. But God says this about my problem. And that produces endurance. Amen? God said, by your stripes I'm healed. 
If that's the case, guess what? My body got to line up with what his word says about my body. And I got to, I got to say the same thing he's saying. What's that doing? That's producing endurance. That's producing endurance. And let's go on. Um, now, endurance does what? In our verse there, produces character. <laughs> produces character, amen? From that new heart, that new spirit, that Holy Spirit that has been shed abroad our hearts, that, that love of God that's standing inside of that heart right there, that comes into that heart right there, that is producing character, and it's also, it's producing character. <laughs> amen? That, 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 that circumstance that I'm facing that doesn't line up with what God says about my life, that doesn't line up with what heaven says, that doesn't line up with what God's word says about me has to come second to what God says about me. Right? And when that is second to God, guess what happens? We start believing that. We start rehearsing that. We start meditating on that. We start thinking about that and say, oh, I know where that's coming from. I no longer have to yield to my emotions. I don't have to yield to my feelings. I yield to what God's word says and I make my mind and I renew my mind to the things God's word says about me and my situation. And guess what's going to come out of my mouth? Same thing he says. And when that starts coming out of your mouth, same thing he says, then you've got it. Amen? Because you got to think about it. Praise the Lord. All right. Boast in our sharing the glory of God. Now, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big deal. Verse 4, knowing that suffering produces endurance, produces character, and character produces hope. Those three words you'll see over and over and over and over and over again in the Scripture. So that means that God wants us to get it. We, we, we got to get that. A character and that endurance produces hope. What does hope do? Hope produces faith. And when we have hope in God's word and we hope that the way that God says and, and we believe the things that the Lord says about us, that produces faith. And guess what our character does? Our character is even changed. Why? Because we're boasting of the Lord. But see now, I, that used to bug the tar out of me. Somebody walk up to me, well, here, I think you know God's just so good. I did get irritated. What do you mean God's so good? You talk to God? <laughs> that was my mindset. Oh wow, that's that's available to me. I, yeah, praise God. So now I can talk to the Lord. I talk to Him about my situation. I let Him know what I need. I remind Him of His Word. You said. By your stripes I'm healed. You said that if I would do this, you would do that. Amen? I like what Bobby prayed. You're na God's natural on our... God's... Correct me, Krista. Amen? God's supernatural on our natural produces the result. Amen? When we do everything we know to do in the natural, guess what? God, he's going to say, I'll put a little supernatural on that thing, and it's going to be better, better than you ever could hope, imagine, or think. Right? He says that. All right. Hope does not disappoint us. Because, why? God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit and has been given to us. So how many of you know the Holy Spirit is different than natural reasoning? How many of you know the Holy Spirit is different than anatomy? <laughs> 
Now, are we in a world of hurt in our government? Praise God. <laughs> but we got to take care of Noble County first. Amen. Before we can take care of the government, we want to stay local. Praise God. Amen. So we, as believers here, we need to yield and learn to, 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 to take action and work out of that love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts. The God kind of love flows to the man. Amen? That means it doesn't make any difference. There's a circumstance that doesn't make it. doesn't make any difference. Love keeps no account of a wrong. Let's go to the next verse and see what it says there in our notes. 2 Corinthians 5.14. The love of Christ controls us, it says. Because, why? We know that one person died for everyone, so all have died. So, I can say that from this verse, when Christ hung on that cross, when he died that death for me, guess who else was there? We were there with him. Amen? Now see, ah, we were there with him. When he died on that cross, he had us on his mind. He did everything he's ever going to do about forgiveness of sin. He did everything he's ever going to do about love. He did everything he's going to do, and we just entered into it. That's it. Amen? We just simply enter into it by faith, and we receive it by faith, and we enter into that grace. We enter into that love, not by any kind of works. Now, we produce good works out of that love that is in our hearts. And when I do something, when you do something, we're doing it out of a heart for the love of, that God has put in our hearts. Amen. Go ahead to our third point there. When we love each other, it proves we have life. So this, 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 this goes on to the, to the guy next to us, right? <laughs> it says there in our notes, point number three, our love for each other proves that we have gone from death to life. So when we love each other, we've gone from death. We have gone from death and we've went to life. What happens if you don't? Everybody say, but. Okay. Say, there's a big but, James. Not this one up there. <laughs> he says here. Uh, we're going to order Hebrews yet. I done messed it up there. Okay. But if you don't love each other, you are still under the power of death. Doesn't mean that that love's not available. When we don't love each other, when we when we continue to, you know, talk bad about each other, guess what? <laughs> Haven't entered into the fullness of that love that, that's available. Doesn't mean you're not saved. Doesn't mean you're not, you know, ha have it there. It's there. It's available for us. It's there for us. It says you have, you are still under the power of death. When, when we don't love each other, there's there's the answer. It's a choice, right? We choose to walk in the love of God. Amen? Point number four, the God kind of love is written on our hearts and our minds. Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with you, the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into your mind and on their heart. Also will I write them. I will be to them a God, and they shall be my people. Amen? So, look at your neighbor. Tell him, you sure look like God's person to me. I will be them to a God. God is my God. God is your God. Amen? And we are his people. Amen? 
Come on, this is good. God is our God and we are his people. And we can boast about that. We can talk about that. We can say good things about it. You know what God's doing in my life? God's doing boom, 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 boom. You, what's he doing in your life? Amen. I have to bring it right down to where we live. What's he doing in your life? How's he healing your life? How's he healing relationships? What's going on in your life that God's a part of? That's the question today. Will you be his representative on the earth? Will you love the way God loves today? Will you tap into that God, that love, God kind of love inside the heart? And will you just operate and control yourself that way? Let him control yourself that way. Amen? So if you do, go ahead and stand up with me today. And I will conclude. Thank you so much for being attentive today. I hope it's clear. I just want to make it so clear that love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts. And it's up to us to to cultivate that out, to cultivate that relationship, to make that seed of love grow in our life. Each individual person has that opportunity and can do it. Amen? So say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the Holy Spirit. He lives big inside of me. Teach me this week to be sensitive to your leading. And I'll boast about you and the things you're doing in my life. I'll do it gratefully, respectfully, unto you. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.